0: Good morning. I hope that you've had a wonderful morning already. Alan normally makes this look so easy. But I hope that you've had a wonderful morning already and that you've had an opportunity to worship. If you would like, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 10, as we talked to the kids about earlier. That's going to be kind of our jumping off point. The last few weeks that we've been talking about this new sermon series about how the gospel impacts and how it impacts so many different areas, and how we as believers, we as Christians, can't decide that our faith is only going to impact one day a week, that our faith is only going to revolve around these few items and nowhere else, but how our faith has to be invested in every part of our life, how our faith has to dictate, really, how we approach every part of what we do. And so this sermon series has been looking at different areas of our life and how, what Scripture has to say about them and how we're to approach them. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the issue, at the topic of entertainment. And we're going to be flying, as one of my favorite authors says, we're going to be flying at about 30,000 feet. We're not going to be looking at a, a whole lot of detail about specific types of entertainment or specific areas of entertainment. We're going to be looking at entertainment in a very broad way, in a very um, open, kind of ended uh, discussion. Um, and so when I use the word entertainment, I'm talking about a whole host of things. We're going to be talking about, when I say the word entertainment, I may be talking about sports, I may be talking about uh, movies, I may be talking about TV, I may be talking about music or the arts, drawing or, or something along those lines. We may be talking about cooking or outdoor activities like fishing or hunting or camping or any, any of that Okay, anything that we do in our leisure time, the things that we consider the fun things of life, we're kind of lumping them all together this morning as we have this discussion about entertainment and its place in our lives as viewed by Scripture. But before we jump into that, I think it's important. It's one of those, this is one of those sermons where I think it's important for me to remind you at the beginning, I love you, <laughs> and God loves you. And we are, I'm not here to pour cold water all over your life and say we're not to have any fun and we're not to um, enjoy the things of life. You're not going to hear that this morning. But the desire, I believe, of the Word of God is that we have our priorities in the right place and that everything points towards Christ. And so know that this morning that if the Lord pricks your heart you need to respond to that and I hope that you are open to that and that you are ready for that this morning because I know this week as I've prepared this lesson God has been putting his finger on some of the things in my life some of the ways that I enjoy entertainment some of the entertainment that I enjoy he's been putting his finger on that and saying let's talk about that Melissa and I were having a discussion this week uh, as we were coming back from St. Louis and I was talking to her we were listening to some music and and I was like, I, you know, and she was like, maybe we need to change it. And I said, yeah. And so she knew the topic of the, of the sermon this week. And so she got me kind of talking about it. And I'm trying very hard not to preach a sermon to her in the car. Um, and, but we're having this discussion. And she, she finally looks at me and goes, I don't think I want to hear your sermon this week. And I was like, yeah, I understand. Um, and Barb, uh, similarly, I told her what the topic was going to be. And she goes, I don't think I'm going to listen to this one. And I said, that's all right. I understand. Because this is, this is something that we hang on to. We love our fun activities, don't we? We love those things that we enjoy, and we guard them, and we invest in them, and we hold them close. And so when someone begins to tell us, hey, you really need to take a look at this, you really need to, to really step back and to evaluate how you consume entertainment and what you consume, we begin to get real defensive, don't we? And we begin to put up all kinds of barriers and all kinds of walls and say, this doesn't impact me. But the reality is, is that, like we, we talked about when we talked about the word of God and its place in our life, that we must hold a high view of scripture and understand that what God desires for us is what's best, both for ourselves and our family and our church. And so we must make this the Lordship. We must make this the authoritarian document in our lives and not decide for ourselves what's right or wrong, but base it upon his word. All right, hopefully by now you've had an opportunity to find First Corinthians chapter ten. Verse 31, this is going to be our jumping off point. We're going to be going through a lot of different verses. I hope you brought a writing utensil with you um, because you're probably going to write, want to write these down and, and go back and read them throughout the week, I hope, um, and explore them for yourselves. But we're going to use 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 as our jumping off point. So if you're able, would you please stand as we honor the reading of God's Word this morning? Chapter 10, verse 31 says this, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning, and Father, Lord, we just look to you this morning for wisdom. We look to you to be our king. We look to you to be the authoritative answer to everything in our lives. And Lord, I pray that we as a people and we as a church and as we as individuals desire to follow you wherever we go. Lord, this morning we're taking a look at an area of our lives that we love to protect. We're taking a look at an area of our lives that we love to justify. We're taking a look at an area of our lives that is important to us. And Father, Lord, we want to be very careful that we don't try to justify things that you don't want us to do we want to be very careful that we don't present the word of god in a way that it's not intended to be presented we want to be very careful that we come before this topic prayerfully to ask you to guide and direct our thoughts to guide and direct our feelings to guide and direct our response lord i pray this morning that you would be in this place lord that you would make your word clear that you would make your word understandable that you would make our hearts ready to receive it I pray this in your name amen all right thank you you may be seated i think in order for us to rightly understand entertainment this morning the first thing that we have to look at is our purpose and that's why i wanted um, i believe that it was important for us to start in first corinthians this morning because it's a great jumping off point for us to understand first what is the purpose what is the reason that we are here because we must view everything in the light of that purpose We've talked the last few weeks, we've talked about government, and we've talked about work, and now we're looking at entertainment, and all of those things are special areas in our lives, but if we do not understand our purpose, then it's very easy for any one of those things to get out of line. It's very easy for any one of those things to jump ahead of the other and say, this is more important than this, and for everything to get out of balance. And when that happens, we, got, we run into problems. So what is our purpose? Well, I think 1 Corinthians makes it pretty clear. It gives us a pretty pretty straight directive. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our purpose then is to glorify him and pursue him with everything we are. Matthew 22:33 or sorry, 22:37 says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is our purpose. This is the reason that we're here. It's so that we might, with our lives, give glory to the one that created us and the one that redeemed us. So that all creation may follow us in that as we praise him and as we lift up his wonderful name. And when we do that, we experience life the way that he intended us to experience it. We experience life that is full. We experience life that has purpose. We experience life in a way that's meaningful and not wasted. And so as we look at the issue of entertainment this morning, what I want us to understand, what I want us to get right off the bat is that entertainment has to and work and all these other places have to fall in line and have to support our purpose. Because if they don't, they very easily can steal the spotlight and they make a mess of everything. But if they are done rightly, if they are approached correctly, if they are put in the right place, then they can be things of great benefit to us. And we're going to see that, I hope that we see that as well this morning. And so I'm asking you this morning, just as we start off, as we begin, before we dive into entertainment specifically, will you begin in your own heart right now to pray, God, Help me to understand that this is my purpose, that this is the desire to be, the desire of my heart. And help me to figure out where entertainment fits into that and whether how I'm consuming entertainment and the entertainment that I am consuming right now, if that falls in line with my purpose. Because if it doesn't, then you and I need to have a discussion. And I want to have that discussion with you, Lord. Will you begin to pray that? Because this is, a, this is such a topic. I found myself doing it this week. Your pastor found himself this week praying over this, this scripture, praying over this topic, and going, well, I can justify that. Like, I can justify that television show. I can justify the amount of time I spend on this. I, and I found myself doing that and struggling with my own heart. And so I know if it's true for me, I know that it's got to be true for others. Because I'm, I'm just like you guys are. And so I ask that you begin to pray over that this morning as we dive into this. All right. So as the old saying goes, do you want the good news or bad news first? Well, as pastor, I get to tell you what you're going to have first. So we're going to do the good news first, okay? And this is this is what we need to understand about enter- entertainment, that all of the things that we describe as entertainment, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it is Drama and TV and everything that kind of falls into that, whether it's cooking or reading or everything that we consider entertainment, that in and of itself, it's good. All right? Understand that this morning. It is good. Okay? We are in no way trying to say you need to have absolutely no entertainment in your life whatsoever. Like, sell your kayak, Frank. Like, just get rid of it right now. Like, just don't even worry about it you know, and, you know, the Reddings, you know, your golf clubs, I'm sorry, those are going to have to go as well, and you know what, I'm giving up my movie collection and selling my Xbox, I know, I'm a nerd, just deal with it. So, like, but you know what, we're just going to give it all up. You know what, so be it. That's not what we're saying, okay? Don't do any of that, all right? Somebody's going to take this audio recording and, like, chop out that one, like, 30-second thing and go, well, Pastor, you know, so but don't do that this morning. That's not what we're trying to say. Because of and in themselves, they are not bad things. They are not evil. Okay, they are good. I want you to look at something with me real quick. First, I want to, like I said, God created all things, called them good. First Timothy four four. First Timothy four four. We're going to look at this just real briefly. In this chapter, in this passage, Timothy is is receiving a word from Paul, and Paul is addressing some false teachers, some people that were were teaching things that did not line up biblically. In fact, what they were saying, and we're going to read it here in a moment, was they were saying that you should abstain from certain things, that it would make you holier if you didn't do this or you didn't do that. And Paul is responding to those those teachers. And he says to Timothy, and I'm actually going to start in verse 3 of chapter 4. It says, These teachers forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. God created us to be able to enjoy things. And when we teach an, uh, uh, an aestheticism, a, a, a teaching that says don't enjoy anything, you need to to just do this or just do this and follow this rule and follow this rule. That in no way reflects what Scripture is teaching. Paul here is specifically talking about food and marriage, but it applies to so many other areas of our lives. because those things are good. It says they're made good by the Word of God. Look back at Genesis 1:31, if, if you want to turn there or I'll just read it for you. In 131 it says, "And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning and the sixth day. Chapter 1 of Genesis, God speaks things into creation. His word alone creates things. And when he looks at those things, what he finds is that they are good. And that includes when he creates us. And in us, he made us in his image. And part of that image was the ability to create. And that includes the ability to do music. It includes the ability to do drama. And that, that includes, when I say drama this morning, I'm including everything that falls in that, whether it's theater or TV or movie. He, he gave us a propensity to do that. He created in us a desire to be outside and to enjoy his creation. He built into us this idea of competitiveness and the ability to use and to exercise our bodies. All of those things he placed in us as created beings for our benefit, and so they are good. Not only that, but this includes rest. Last week we talked about work and how we find balance in that, and how we approach that scripturally. And that many of us, though, distort that and fall into camps where we see it as an idol and a place to find our identity. But many of us also find laziness in it. And we have distorted the truth that God created us to be work. But it also include. But not only did God include work, but He included rest. There was a reason that he created a seventh day for us to stop and to reflect, for us to stop and to worship, for us to stop and to enjoy time. We need rest. And in of itself, it is a good thing. And the things that we fill it with often are good things in of themselves. So entertainment can be good. All right? I want us to see that this morning. The second thing I want us to see when we talk about what, when entertainment goes good is that entertainment has the ability to be of great worth. Entertainment has the ability to be of great worth because God designed it to be that way. And I want us to see three things with this just really quick, and you can go ahead and, and push the next. It's Entertainment has the ability of, to be of great worth because it allows for rest, because it allows for worship, and because it allows for relationships. We all need time in the busyness of of our lives to rest, to allow our minds to take a step back just for a moment, to watch that television show, to listen to that music, to draw, to create, to go out and, and be on the golf course and allow our thoughts to center on that for a moment. We all need that rest. It's important for us. And so it can be of great worth because of that. Entertainment can be of great worth because it allows for worship. If you play music, you know the value of entertainment. And if you listen to music, you know the value of that that form of entertainment to provide an opportunity for worship. If you spend much time outdoors, whether it's fishing or camping or kayaking or hiking or or playing golf or doing something else, then you know the value of entertainment. You know the value of being able to worship God in that space as you view His creation. If you play sports, you know the the ability for an athlete to worship the God that created his body and allows him to do the things he does, while at the same time seeing the limitations of the human body and experiencing humbleness and humility in that moment. Entertainment allows for us to worship. It's a way for us to think in, in terms that are more abstract rather than concrete and to experience a God that's not touchable to us because uh, he's not physical he's spiritual and, and and entertainment allows us to to in to take a look into that world just as psalms does we see this whole book where david and other writers are writing songs and talking about how they experience life and how talking about how they experience god and so that form is important to our lives Lastly, not only does it talk about rest and worship, but it's relationships. I don't know about you, but many of my deepest, most important relationships center around something that we enjoy doing together. Whether it's playing sports, or whether it's enjoying watching them, or whether it's reading and talking about books that we've read, or whether it's going outdoors and enjoying that those relationships that have been built around those things are important and meaningful and god has used them for some incredible things and so entertainment can be of great worth it's created to be good and in of itself it is it's good because it can be of great worth to our lives but the problem with entertainment the bad news is that it's used by sinful people it's used by sinful people. And just as we talked about work was created before the fall, work was created to be good. It was created to give us a sense of purpose and fulfillment in our lives. But then the fall corrupted it and distorted it in the same way entertainment, when we involve people in it, begins to fall apart. And we begin to have problems. And so we not only want to look at when entertainment ha- was, is good, but we need to understand when, about when entertainment goes bad. Entertainment goes bad specifically in three ways that I want to look at this morning. First, entertainment goes bad when we think our time is our own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. First, let's look at 1 Corinthians. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Brothers and sisters, if you gave your life to Christ when you did so you did not stop at just asking for forgiveness but you made him lord of your life and when you did so you handed over everything and nothing is your own anymore your possessions belong to him your time belongs to him your family belongs to him the way you approach work belongs to him and we are to use those things for His glory and His magnification and ultimately for our good as He blesses us in abundance in return. But our time is not our own. We are to use it for Him. Ephesians five fifteen through 17 says, Look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time. Your version may say, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that what the will of the Lord is. Not only is our time not our own, but our time should be used for what he wills it for. This is where entertainment becomes so dangerous. When we begin to see entertainment as something that belongs to us, when we see our time as belonging to us, and then we begin to dictate, I will do this, I will do that, and I don't care what else happens. I don't care what else God desires me to do. I don't care what his word says. I don't care what the spirit is prompting in me. I don't care what my priorities should be. This is my time, and I'm the one that gets to decide what I do with it. That's when entertainment goes bad. That's when rest goes bad. That's when these activities take a place of priority in our lives that they were never intended to take. So entertainment goes bad when we think that our time is our own. Entertainment also goes bad when we forsake what is valuable or what is valuable for what is fake. Romans 1:21 through 25. Paul is speaking to those that have idols in their lives and he says for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Jumping down to 25 it says they exchange the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the cre- creature rather than the creator. Paul is here speaking of idols and those that would actually carve things and for us today we we don't always connect with this idea because we don't have wooden objects over our mantelpiece like if you go into a lost person's home it's not like they're going to have a, a statue of Baal sitting in the corner you know and little burnt offerings around him. that's just not who we are anymore as a culture and so we don't think about it in that way but the reality is is that we have made idols of other things haven't we we talked last week about how we made an we've made an idol out of work and for many of us we've made an idol out of entertainment and we have taken something that God intended to be good, we've taken something that is, can be of worth as it falls in line with our purpose, and instead we've taken it out of that context, we've set it on the mantle of our lives, and we have made it an idol. And we sacrifice our time, we sacrifice our money, we sacrifice anything and everything that we have so that we might enjoy ourselves. And in so doing, we worship the creature ourselves and not the creator our god so entertainment goes bad when we think that our time is our own entertainment goes bad when we make it an idol and we place it in a place in an area that it was never intended to be and finally entertainment goes bad when we exercise our freedom at the expense of others 1 Corinthians 10:23 through 24 says all things are lawful but not all things are helpful All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And then 1 Corinthians 8, 7 through 13. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not condemn us to God. We are no worse off when we do not eat it, and no better off if we do. But take that... This, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge of eating in an idol's temple, will not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols. So And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Christ says it this way. If you cause one of these children to stumble, then you might as well tie a millstone around your neck and toss yourself into the sea. Christ doesn't joke around. Like, this is a serious issue. And yet, I think I've read this this topic so many, I've read this passage so many times, and it really, at times it doesn't connect with me, because I'm like, we don't deal with meat offered to idols anymore. That's not who we are. And so I want you to step back with me, step back into first century Greece, and we're going to kind of take a picture of this, and then I'll, we're going to make the jump. You're an unbeliever, okay? You're an unbeliever in first century Greece, and your parents and your grandparents and the, and, their, and your great-great-great-great-grandparents have always worshipped idols. And as part of that worship, you take animals and sacrifice them with a priest before a carven image, and then that priest takes that meat and he gives it back to you, and he says that by eating that meat, by consuming that food, that you are somehow establishing in your own heart some of the power that belongs to that idol, or that you will bring blessing upon yourselves. And so not just the sacrifice, but the very eating of that meat is part of the worship experience of the idol. Okay, That's the way you've always grown up. That's the way that you've always seen the world. And then this guy comes along and he tells you, no, 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 you don't need to worship these carven images. You can worship the God that created the whole world. And he even came and he died for you so that you could be forgiven of your sin. And this is a once and a, once time only. Like you don't have to continually go back to him, but you can be saved right now, right here. And so you accept Christ and you become this new believer. And then you get rid of all your idols. You get rid of all the things that look, that look like that that, that reminds you of that practice in your life because you're only supposed to serve Jesus. But in your heart, you feel like sometimes that you are leaving behind your ancestors, that you're leaving behind people in your life, and that you've turned your back on your own culture. And so you struggle with the idea of wanting to go back to that, to wanting to go back to comfort, to wanting to go back to something that's relatable to you. You struggle wanting like that food actually tasted pretty good. The way they prepared it, like that one priest, man, he just salted that meat just so, like it was perfect. Like you want to go back to that, but you know that when you do that, that in your own heart that you are worshiping something that you are not to worship. And so you've tried your best to take that out of your life, but then you're walking down the street one day and you see the guy that led you to Christ and he's at this booth and he is eating the meat that has been offered to idols and you throw your arms up and you're like, I've been trying so hard to follow Christ and now here's this dude and he's doing the very thing which I thought we weren't supposed to do. Now, the guy, the believer that led you to Christ, in his heart he's never struggled with idol worship. He's never struggled with whether eating meat can bring you closer to this God or that God. To him it's just food. And so for him there is no problem. But for you there is a problem and now you are tempted to go back to that thing which you said that you would not you're tempted to sin and paul is saying if we are that believer if we are causing a stumbling block for someone else then we have not only sinned against them but we have sinned against christ and the same is true in our entertainment this is where we make the connection because some of you may be saying well brian like I can watch that TV show or I can watch that movie or I can listen to that music or I can participate in those things and it doesn't bother me. And you may be very much right. It may not bother you. There may be nothing in your conscience and you have the freedom of Christ and you can experience those things in a vacuum and all is well. The problem is we don't live in vacuum. The problem is is that we have brothers and sisters and new believers who are around us that struggle with some of those things. The problem is, is that many of us have children who see the way that we act, and they see the priorities that we put on things. And by condoning things, by watching certain things, by listening to certain things, by putting priorities on certain activities, we are exercising our freedom at the expense of others and we cannot do that we must not do that so we have these three ways that that entertainment's good it can be can be used for great worth it can be have great value but we must also be very careful because we have these three clear distinct ways that entertainment can cause some pretty serious problems and cause us to stumble so then how do we approach entertainment If it's both something that we can and should participate in and yet something that can go so tragically wrong, how do we engage entertainment? How do we consume it? What should we consume? I don't have the answer for that for every person. That's going to have to be for you. But as you pray through this topic, as you go through your week and have these conversations with your loved one, with your family, these are the things I want you to reflect on. And these are the questions that I believe we should be asking. First, we need to reflect on our priorities. And we need to ask the question, what do our thoughts, our words, our money, and our use of time say about about what you view as important? If we were to look at your calendar, if we were to look at your checkbook, if we were to look at what you talk about during the week and the excitement level with which you talk about it, what would it say about your week? I think of a an example, if you were from a third world country, let's say you were from Madagascar and you were to walk into the United States and you showed up on Sunday morning and you saw this group of people flocking to this building and it had this big kind of cross-looking shape on it, and you went inside, and you listened to everyone. They would sing, and there was a guy that got up, and he spoke from this book that was there, but no one seemed excited about it. Everyone just kind of went through the motions, and and there wasn't much emotion, and there wasn't much joy, and and they just kind of experienced this, this gathering together, and then everyone seemed to try to run out the door at the same time when it was over. But, you continue to follow them and you're like, I don't know what that really was, but it didn't seem like that big a deal. Sure there was a lot of people there, but no one really cared, it seemed to really want to be there. And so you, but you continued to follow this people, you continued to try to learn more about your culture. And so you showed up at their workplace and you heard them talking about this event that was gonna happen on a Saturday and how excited they were, or about on a Friday night and how excited they were about this event and how they look forward to it, and about what happened at the last Friday night event, and you're like, what is this thing? And you show up to this place, and what you see is a bunch of young men with a leather ball, and they're running around doing fun things, and people are screaming and yelling, and they're all excited, and and you, what you realize is that when the game's over, people are still standing around, and they're talking to one another, and they're congratulating the boys that had played this thing on the field and they go home and on the car ride home they're still talking about it and the next day they're still talking about it and even when they gather back at that building with that weird looking cross thing on the front they're still talking about what happened on Friday night what's important what's important in that picture by the way hi I'm guilty I'm guilty okay I thought about the other day as I watched the Home Run Derby. I love the Home Run Derby. Like, watching a guy smash a ball. I don't know why that's exciting, but it is. And I got, man, I was, like, excited because this guy smashed this ball, like, 513 feet. And I'm like, babe, do you understand how hard that is to do? Like, that's incredible. And I thought this week, as I thought about this sermon, do I get that way? Do I get that excited when God does the impossible? and he rescues someone from their sin. Do I get that way when I'm at church and I'm singing worship to the God that did the impossible and created out of nothing? Again, I'm not here to say don't enjoy football. I'm not here to say don't enjoy sports. We can do those things. We should do those things. But where does it fall in our priorities? Where does it fall in our purpose? We need to ask those questions. We need to reflect upon them. Second thing, we need to reflect on our witness. What does our choice of entertainment say to others and what does our devotion to entertainment say to others? What is it what is what you talk about in your entertainment choices say about what you view as important? And this is where I need to stop and we need to talk about another topic again this is one that has the potential to rub people the wrong way and especially during the summer but we need to talk about what we value in terms of coming together as a people and worshiping together and to doing ministry together because we desire as a church to teach our children that this is important that our god is important to us and that he desires what's best for us We desire to teach our children what Paul says about not forsaking the gathering together of the brothers, that we should come together as a people. We want to teach our children that church and the body of Christ are important. And yet, if we choose to make a priority out of other things, then what are we really teaching them? We have a whole generation, and it's my generation, who don't see the value of church. We don't see the value of getting together. We don't see the value of commitment. Why don't we see that? Because our parents at different times said this is the priority and we're going to do this instead of that. I'm not saying that you don't take the occasional vacation. It's okay to do that. We need to get away. We need to rest, okay? It's okay if you miss a Sunday occasionally. I know, I just said that. Please don't take just that part, okay? It's okay to miss the Sunday occasionally. Melissa and I are going to take an opportunity in October, and we're going to miss a Sunday because we're going to go visit family. And I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm not going to feel guilty. And it's okay. Okay, relax. However, the problem is, is that some of us have made it a habit of missing this. We've made it a habit of going other places. We've made it a habit of making other things a priority than Sunday morning worship then Sunday school, then ministry. We've said over and over to others, yeah, that's important to us, but we're still going to do this instead of that. And it affects our witness. It affects the the things that are coming out of our mouths don't match what our actions say. So again, I'm not saying don't take a vacation. I'm not saying you should never miss a Sunday. What I'm saying is, What's the pattern of your life? And what does it say about the priorities? And what does it say to others about your priorities? What does it say about your love for Christ and what your true purpose is? Lastly, not only should we reflect on our priorities, not only should we reflect on our witness, but we should reflect on Christ. We need to ask the question, do our entertainment choices obscure our view of Christ? Here's the main thing that I think we need to see here. All of us have sat in a television show. All of us have sat before a movie. All of us have, have made a decision to do something rather than to do this. All of us have, have done those things and have had the Holy Spirit prick our heart and say, friends, brother and sister in Christ, probably shouldn't do this. We probably shouldn't sit through this movie. We probably shouldn't sit through this television show. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to choose the other thing rather than the thing we're choosing. But what do we do? Oftentimes we don't listen, do we? Oftentimes it's like, I can watch this movie. I'm watching this movie. I want to watch this movie. Oftentimes it's like, I want to enjoy this thing. I want to enjoy that thing. I'm making this choice in my life. And our heart gets callous to the word of the Spirit. It gets callous to those things in our lives, to those warning signs. And it obstructs our view of Christ and his holiness and we continue to do that over and over again and what happens is over the course of time that then we begin to ask the question why don't I ever hear the why don't I ever hear the holy spirit people talk about hearing from god i never hear him he never speaks to me my prayers hit the ceiling why is it when i read my bible that it tastes like sand and not like living water i don't understand why people love doing their quiet time they're just they're just hard for me why don't i ever experience worship like, I just come, and I do my thing, and I never feel it. Not that emotions are everything, but, but we should at sometimes experience that. And we just begin to ask ourselves those questions. And the response from the Lord is because you have ignored me in everything else. You have ignored me in entertainment. You have ignored my prompts in this area. You have ignored me when I have said this. And so now you can't hear my voice anymore because you have built up this huge callus around your heart. that's what has happened to so many of us and for many of us the place where that all started was entertainment, because we love it and it makes us feel good and we want to do with our own time what we want to do i don't know where you're at this morning if you're like me when you hear this sermon when you hear this message it's hard it's hard because we do love those things And I hope this morning that you haven't heard me say, get rid of all entertainment. I hope you haven't heard me say, you need to cut out all the fun things in life. I hope that what you've heard is the word of God say, this is your purpose. Where does everything else fit into that? Where does your entertainment fit into your witness? Where does your entertainment fit into glorifying God? In everything that you do, do you bring honor to him? Whether you eat or whether you drink or whether you play sports or whether you enjoy movies, whether you enjoy the occasional video game how does it fit how does it glorify him I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up my guess is this morning if you're like me this morning God is pinpointing something in your life he is pricking your heart about something with entertainment and I beg you this morning on behalf of the Word of God. Not to be that man in James who looks in the mirror and then turns away and forgets what he looks like. Not to be that fool who simply hears the Word of God and then does nothing. But I beg you to have that discussion with your Father in Heaven about what your consumption of entertainment looks like and what it needs to look like. If that means confession and repentance, then so be it. If that means adjusting the amount of time that you take in for some sort of entertainment, then so be it. If that means cutting out a form of entertainment entirely, then so be it. If that means having a discussion with your family about some form of entertainment or the amount of time you spend in some form of entertainment, then so be it. But this morning, let us be a people who hear the Word of God and then act upon it so that we may follow Him in a life that is meaningful and purpose-filled. Let us not be a people that hear the word of God and just turn away and do our own thing. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, I just come before you and God, I love these people and I love this church. And you as my witness know that that is one of the first things that I say when people say, how's how's things going to church? How's things going down there? that one of my first things, out of my mouth, if not the first thing, is, man, they treat us well. They have cared for us well. They love us well. We would not want to be anywhere else. And so when I have a message like this, when you give us a message like this, Lord, you know that it's a burden on my heart. You know that it's hard. Because you know that I'm, I'm a people pleaser. You know that I desire for for people to see love and compassion, but Lord, I know that you desire what's best for us. And many times what's best for us is taking a hard look in the mirror and saying, that shouldn't be there. And allowing you to remove it. So Lord, I pray for us as a church. Lord, help us to take a hard look. In the mirror, a hard look in Scripture, and say, "Is the way that I enjoy entertainment glorifying God, and is it a, it is the witness that I want it to be?" And Lord, I know for each one of us that looks different, but I know, Lord, that Your Spirit guides and directs if we will listen to You. So, Lord, I pray for this next few minutes, Lord, that we we respond, Lord, that You would help us to do that, help us to listen and to hear, and then to obey. Beautiful name.